Welcome to episode 5 of Traveling Science. G'day legends, welcome back to Traveling Science, the podcast that's sharing science with the world. My name is Jesse Crow, and I'm the Traveling Scientist, coming to you today from Melbourne in Australia. I'm a health science communicator, and on this podcast, we interview doctors, researchers, and experts, hearing their stories and sharing their ideas that can help us to live a smarter, happier, and healthier life. Today's guest is Dave Farina from the wildly successful YouTube channel, Professor Dave Explains. With over 2.5 million subscribers and almost 1,400 videos, Professor Dave teaches everything from physics, chemistry, biology, mathematics, history, philosophy, and so much more. And you can access all of it completely for free. All you need to do is go onto YouTube and look for Professor Dave Explains. During our conversation today, Professor Dave explains things like how he grew a YouTube channel to over 2.5 million subscribers, why Flat Earthers are stupid, how Dave combines science with music, is this Wi-Fi organic, how to stamp out misinformation, and we also discuss topics like hexagonal water, electric universe, anti-vaxxers, Joe Rogan, Carl Sagan, online education, the future of AI, and long hair for men. But before the interview, I'd like to quickly share a review of the podcast with you. And this week's review comes from happy listener, the lovely Jubbly. And they say, Jesse makes science exciting. His content is educational, entertaining, and fun. Keep up the great work, Jesse. Thank you so much, the lovely Jubbly. Let it be known that you're freaking awesome. I absolutely appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show and to write that review for me. And dear listeners, if you could leave a review just like the lovely Jubbly did, that would really help more people to find the show, which would just be incredible. So thank you so much in advance for doing that. Now let's slip and slide into this week's interview with the one and only Professor Dave Farina. Professor Dave, welcome to Traveling Science. Hi, how's it going? It's really good, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time. Do you want to just tell everyone in the audience, just to get started, what exactly did you study at university? Chemistry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did a bachelor's in chemistry, and then uh, a couple times I started uh, uh, master's programs in synthetic organic chemistry. Didn't finish those. Uh, did uh, science education instead much later. But um, yeah, I had always just uh, studied chemistry and then ended up kind of teaching chemistry, tutoring chemistry uh, over, you know, as I was pursuing a career in music, just always staying involved with chemistry just to pay the bills, really. Uh, and then just eventually used, uh, so I, I was uh, lecturing organic chemistry at a trade university for a while. And then I had the idea of uh, starting a YouTube channel just to, I, I just thought, let me throw these lectures uh, on the internet and see, you know, see what happens. And um and uh, it kind of took off, so <laughs> that's been the A plan for, for a while now. Awesome. Yes, chemistry expert to get started. So my next question is, how do you manage to create such a variety of knowledgeable content on your channel? I know you started with chemistry, but now you're doing things like mathematics, biology, physics, as well as more broad subjects like philosophy and history, economics. How do you, how do you cover all this stuff? So the, the ones that you mentioned first, mathematics, uh, physics, biology, that stuff I actually did study. So I was actually, I mean, the thing is that m uh, most of my content is pretty, uh, is roughly entry level, maybe freshman, sophomore year, undergrad 
level stuff. Uh, maybe the math starts to go a little bit uh, farther. But um, so this was stuff that I studied. And so after doing some chemistry tutorials, I thought, let me do some of the other things I know about. So biochemistry, biology, astronomy, physics, uh, math, just very basic stuff, not, not, high, not highly advanced, you know, 101, you know, first year, second year stuff. But I got really uh, into that. I liked that I was adding breadth to the channel. I wanted to keep going, even though I ran out of anything that I could do myself. So I just started hiring uh, writers, uh, so usually PhD holders or PhD candidates in a particular field. So like, uh, yeah, now I'm doing philosophy and economics and, you know, other stuff that uh, certainly I don't I have no prior knowledge of. But uh, so yeah, I hire writers. It's been really cool to have the channel grow even broader uh, than it was before. Absolutely. You can really dive into this channel and there's so much there. There's really, you can't help but just get dragged into a whole bunch of different, oh, I suppose like I can learn about Italy. <laughs> I, I mean, I could learn Italian or I could do some, some ecology or chemistry. It's, um, it's really cool to have that variety. Italian was very fortuitous just because my parents are Italian immigrants and my mother specifically has taught Italian for at, at colleges and universities for like 40 years. So it's like when she when I started getting the channel popular, she was like, oh, you should do Italian content. And I was like, well, yeah, why not? Like I speak pretty well. I mean, I speak with a good, pretty good accent, uh, but I don't know the grammar as well as those tutorials make it out to seem. That's all her. Like I basically I, I repurposed her curriculum it to 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 make YouTube tutorials. So she gave me all her stuff. Like here's all my lessons, and I you know. So it's like I speak well, but no, I don't know all of those conjugations and everything like that. But I used it to to make the the content, and because I can speak pretty well, uh, it ends up being <laughs> convincing. So yeah, I made a ton of those, and I, at first they were not popular, but I think they're starting to catch on a little bit more. Nice. Have you been to Italy? I've been to Italy many times. Yeah, such a cool country. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I love it. Uh, as well as all of your science tutorials, you also have quite a lot of videos around uh, debunking myths and conspiracy theories, things like creationism, flat earth, astrology. Uh, and those are awesome and super successful. I wonder, how did you get into making those sorts of videos? So I kind of got dragged into it. I was making astronomy tutorials and uh, I, I made an astronomy series, basically astronomy 101. You know, what I learned when I was took off Astro 101 in college. And I ended it just for a little bit of fun. I thought, let me do one debunking astrology and I'll make one debunking flat earth. Because I had heard that flat that there are flat earthers, and I didn't look into it at all. I just thought that's so dumb and silly. Let's make a little video about how we know the Earth is not flat. But then this channel called the Globebusters, like uh, that video, went to the top search result for the flat Earth keyword when I published it. So it was getting like not it wasn't like super popular, but just like if you're a flat earther just desperately searching for new things to talk about, they found it, and they're like, we're gonna do a live stream and we're gonna tear it to pieces and, and humiliate you. And, uh, and they were super rude to me <laughs> in that live stream. They were just real jerks. And so I was like, well, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, that's not the end of that. And so I made a video taking their little live stream and just humiliating them. And it's the most viewed video on my channel. But then I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, this is a very different thing. But I like, I'm, I'm good at it. Like, I, I'm very dry and academic in my tutorial content. But here I can be a little bit, you know, um, I don't know, snarky, you know, I can like kind of th th throw out my more humorous side, you know. And uh, so I made a few more flat earth ones. And then I, you know, I honestly kind of milked that a little bit because it was really lucrative. But then I started branching out to things that are more, more pressing. And now it's very much a big part of the channel and, and a 
you know, I have a little bit of a following, a little bit of a reputation for for that uh, kind of content. Yeah. Were you a debater before you were doing these videos or did you just kind of fall into it? Because I saw your recent. Yeah. The James Stewart thing. Yeah. I I, I didn't know anything about James Tour and until I saw some of your videos on him. So James Tor is a scientist and born again Christian who makes online content about how science and faith can work together, which is fine. But a lot of his videos talk about the biblical origin of life and how the earth is only a few thousand years old. Obviously, Professor Dave and James Tor disagree on these ideas. And recently they met up and had a live in-person debate about the origins of life. And although there was no overall winner, you can watch the debate and decide for yourself. But I warn you that it clearly shows Professor Dave casually using peer-reviewed research to poke holes in Dr. Tor's arguments, while Dr. Tor shouts like a maniac, repeating the same flawed points over and over, and frankly, embarrassing himself. But it's great to watch, I would recommend. I think you absolutely destroyed him in that debate last month, and I've seen some articles of people suggesting otherwise, you know, Professor Dave didn't write anything on the blackboard. Guess who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all the, the butthurt creationist toddlers that uh, are in complete denial mode. Exactly. Anyway, uh, I think you absolutely nailed that. And between your science tutorial videos and your myth debunking videos, I think you just put so much awesome content out there that is helping millions of people around the world, as we know, because you have over two and a half million subscribers. Do you have any long-term goals for the channel? Like, what do you hope to achieve by creating all this content? Um, I mean, I want to just continue adding to the breadth and depth of the channel. So, I mean, I have a lot of tutorials now, but I, you know, obviously there are dozens more academic subjects that have yet to be covered. So I want to cover all the, all the subjects. The thing is, I'd like to figure, like, I, I, I'm trying, it's hard because life, there's just so much to juggle and stuff, but um, I want to, like, backlog as much of the tutorial content as possible because what I'd like to do is be able to do debunking content that's a little bit more timely. Like, for example, if my life was the way, structured the way I wanted it to be, I already would have finished and published a video responding to RFK going on Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? Like that, I just don't have time. Like I'm just, I'm struggling every day to like keep up with my responsibilities. But in, if, if my, if everything was structured the way I wanted it to be, I would be responding time in a timely manner to all these things that are happening every week uh, with anti-vax stuff and just all of these things. So I do want to do, I want to lean even more into the debunking stuff with the ultimate goal of becoming more of a public figure in that realm and, you know, do more live debates and live talks and maybe television, things like that. Uh, so that's the goal. That's one of the main goals. But then, yeah, just continuing to build the library of tutorials, obviously. Awesome. That's so funny. My next question was actually going to be, what's the biggest challenge you're facing right now? But it, it seems like the biggest challenge you're facing is just trying to do as much as possible. I imagine you are doing most of it by yourself. I mean, obviously, you said you hired some writers, but, you know, obviously, the the rest of the video creation is mostly just you, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, the the problem is that I've tried several times to offload the post-production and it just doesn't work because the quality of the content, is, the reason it works is because it's my idea of the aesthetic of the frame and the way that I uh, present information. And when I hire other people to do it, just doesn't work except for I have one guy working with me now I found a guy who's really good and uh, affordable and uh, it works for non-science content so like he does uh, my economics tutorials someone else is is animating those and you can tell it's slightly more highly stylized than my normal style but it works just because 
you d- it does not require any scientific knowledge to animate that. It's just very, it's very, it's self-explanatory. Whereas if I'm going to be doing immunology content or something like that, nobody, I can't offload that. It's just not going to happen. And the channel can be quite lucrative for one person, but the moment you start hiring a bunch of people and paying salaries, it's like now, now I can't survive. So uh, I'm stuck. (laughs) I have to do it all myself. Yeah. There's not heaps of scientific video editors and animators out there, unfortunately. (laughs) No. It's not Cures Cassad over here or Crash Course or something like that. Yeah, it's just, it's good for me, but it's still, it's a one-man show pretty much, yeah. And doing it all yourself like that is awesome. Does anyone inspire you? Like, who do you look up to when you think about science communicating and, and doing what you do? I mean, with SciComm, it's hard. Like, I don't, I never felt like I had a mentor or anything with it. I mean, uh, like, I worship Sagan just like pretty much every Psychomer. Um. Oh, where do I begin? Carl Sagan was an astrophysicist and a science communicator who wrote a book and created a TV show, both called Cosmos, which explained complex scientific concepts in a simple and elegant way, which coincidentally is exactly what Professor Dave does. It's also what I do. But Carl Sagan also believed that extraterrestrial life existed. Not that he believed in UFOs or conspiracy theories, but with all of the stars and galaxies out there, the idea that there isn't any other life in existence somewhere, that is what seems impossible. And speaking of stars, Carl had a number, Sagan's number, which represented the number of stars in the observable universe. So how many stars do you think are out there? Hundreds? Thousands? Try 300 sextillion, or 3 times 10 to the power of 23 stars in the observable universe. Isn't that insane? And also, sextillion. What a great name for a number, am I right? Anyway, Carl Sagan was a great science communicator who educated and inspired millions, and he was famous for saying, The nitrogen in our DNA, the calcium in our teeth, the iron in our blood, the carbon in our apple pies. We are made of the interior of collapsing stars. We are made of star stuff. So think about that next time you're brushing your teeth or eating an apple pie. But uh, I guess right now, like, the only people that inspire me are, like, I find other people that are really active on Twitter that are pushing back against disinformation. And so that inspires me because for a while I felt like I was the only one that was, like, being really aggressive. Like, I want to stamp it out aggressively. and And I didn't feel that anyone else was matching my attitude in that way but now i'm finding other people on twitter who are behaving that way and i'm like okay good i'm not crazy like let's all let's do this together right come on let's squash these assholes yeah yeah let's team up and find people that are spreading this ridiculous misinformation and just prove them wrong humiliate them <laughs> humiliate them yeah humiliate them yes absolutely um do you have any specific people you would recommend following or, or looking at on places like twitter or instagram other youtubers perhaps uh I- I don't know because I mean there's just so many that that's the problem is like so many debunkers focus on one topic either because that's their passion or it's because that that's where they have professional expertise I where I'm such a generalist that I'm just like all over the map which makes it a lot harder sometimes to like <laughs> to focus in on one thing Yeah no I think it's great that you're doing what you're doing like you're not you limiting yourself to just flat earth or just creationism like you can you're kind of kind of happy to to take on anything that's quite obviously conspiracy theory or a myth and and just take a step back and look at the sources of information and point out that hey this is kind of ridiculous and there's plenty of stuff proving 
that you're insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and trying my best to make that intelligible to the to the common person, yeah, as much as I can. I was going to ask if you had any book recommendations. Sadly, I, I don't have time to read for pleasure. Uh, so it's been years, I think, since I read a book. <laughs> the last book I read, I think, was like I read Sapiens and then Homo Deus by Harari. That was probably like five years ago. <laughs> Seriously, I'd never read. And those were... Those were big, fat books as well. <laughs> it's a lot to get through. Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty pretty thick, good ones. Mm -hmm. Professor Dave has actually written his own book called Is This Wi-Fi Organic? which is a guide to spotting misleading science online. And it basically shows how the internet is such a great place to find information. You can learn almost anything from your computer or your smartphone. But there's also so much misinformation out there. And this book aims to fight back by giving you some perspective and background knowledge that you need to know to decipher fact from fiction when you're doing online research. It's also kind of cheeky and funny and something that you want to reread and gift to your friends. So definitely get a copy of Is This Wi-Fi Organic? wherever you get books. What inspired you to write that book exactly? I suppose it was an extension of, of the videos that you were making and realizing that some of this needs to be... Yeah, it was just sort of like, I, I knew that it would be very easy because uh, I just sort of collected an assemblage of talking points that I had been... Uh, using in debunks and on and in public speaking uh, events and things like that. Just a lot of like just general, uh, you know, cultural commentary, social commentary stuff that I had been kicking around a long time. So I knew that I could write it really fast. I, and in fact, I wrote it in like two months or something. Uh, it was pretty, pretty easy write. Um, so I figured, all right, I'll just do that. And then who knows, maybe I'll, some people will care. Maybe they won't. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's an awesome book, and you, like you say, I, it might pick up later. I think once you're extra famous, myth debunking, debating, science communicator, people will be like, oh my god, this guy wrote a book years ago, and then they'll go and find it. So you never know. Maybe. It's possible, yeah. In thinking about the future, do you have any predictions for the future of humanity in general? I know it's a big question, but like uh, you do so much research and think about this stuff a lot. Do you, what do you, where do you think we're going? It's hard to say because here's the problem. I really want to be a good futurist and generalists are good futurists. But the only problem with me is that I don't like my, I like the physical and biological sciences and I am tech inept. I mean, I really don't understand technology. I don't understand. I don't, I don't have a sophisticated understanding of computers and, and any of that uh, coding or, you know, AI. I don't know. So, I mean, it's like I can make very vague observations and very vague predictions that don't have any, that are not well informed in terms of how tech works. But I mean, I guess with AI, like it, like it gets very alarming. Like when I think about uh, deep fakes and like voice impersonation and, uh, you know, AI generated images. So a deep fake is a video of someone doing something unbelievable, but they're not real. They use technology to change both a person's voice and facial features to make them seem like somebody they're not. There's a good example online where someone's made a deep fake of US President Barack Obama calling Donald Trump a really bad word. It's awesome. And I'm gonna link it in the show notes just below. 
Similar technology is also being used to create voice impersonations, where scammers can take a sample of somebody's voice and manipulate it to say absolutely anything. So what's the solution to all of this AI trickery? Well, funnily enough, AI can also be used to flag deepfake videos and impersonated voices. So essentially, AI appears to be the cause of and solution to all of these problems. I gave a talk in Houston, and I was talking to a really smart kid afterwards, and he was telling me about um, this concept of uh, epistemological breakdown where we might be reaching a point where there could be a blowback and we'll actually see all of this credulity self-correct where you have right now all these people that are falling for lies on the internet very readily, whereas over time, as AI just saturates the internet with all this fake content, it might be the reverse situation where everybody is forced to then become extremely skeptical as the default and assume that something is fake unless shown otherwise, which actually would have like a positive impact in a way that everybody would just finally go, okay, look, most things are fake. Let me figure out, let me get a set of tools. Who's, who's telling the get... truth here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's really wild. It's wild stuff what's going on right now. Yeah, there's so much out there i mean i think about this bizarre concept that you probably could run your channel in the near future with mostly robots and you might not even have to do, do anything obviously we wouldn't do that but yeah potentially uh, it's, the, it's possible that someone could create a channel and people actually are creating youtube channels very similar to yours and mine and they don't actually do anything they just they just pay some ai to do it all for them yeah but right, yeah, right now there it's just it's just clickbait content and it's complete garbage. Uh, I obviously it's conceivable uh, that one could do these kind of, this kind of educational content with AI. It's certainly not there yet. I mean, it can't even uh, write the scripts uh, really, if we're being honest about quality scripts. But then in terms of having the ability to figure out how to display the information uh, visually. I don't think, because uh, actually right now I am consulting um, for a company that is trying, you know, all, all these uh, tech firms are trying now to uh, jump into education because everybody is like, okay, we know that AI and education is like the next thing. So who's going to, who's going to be the king, right? Who's going to get this first? So I'm consulting for a company that they're trying to, they're trying to teach AI how to generate educational content and uh, some some of the multiple choice questions are reasonable, but every time it tries to do images, it's just like, ugh, oh my god, this is gar, this is garbage. Like this is so far, and it's fine. It's just where the tech is right now. It's just not there. You know what I mean? Text is is further along than than image, um, but it's just nowhere near, nowhere near. Absolutely, I've I've got a friend, Charlie, who's super technical and he basically says that ChatGPT is kind of just like an advanced chatbot. You know they've it's kind of been around for a long time. This one's a bit better, but you know, it's not going to like stand up and take over the world in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> no, not in the next couple of weeks, 50 years, who knows what's going to happen in 50 years. But uh, yeah, the next five, it's still going to be pretty much like it is. now. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be okay. Um, all right. What about yourself? Stepping away from worrying about the future of humanity and uh, future in general. What do you do for fun when you're not creating scientific content? What do you like to do? Oh, if only that was a thing that existed for me. 
Uh, I have two young kids. I have a toddler and an, and an infant. So, and I had to take this second job on top of the channel to, uh, make up for lost YouTube revenue. So unfortunately I pretty much work all the time every day when I'm, when, I'm, when not uh, tending to the kids, but, uh, my original lifelong passion is music. Um, and I've been a musician my whole life and, uh, still have, uh, great aspirations to be successful with music. Dave actually started a band called Simulated Sun, which according to the website is a synth psych rock artistic endeavor that was formed in 2041. Cool. Kind of sounds like Tame Impala crossed with an upbeat old school video game soundtrack and their video clips are stunning. Look them up and have a listen to Simulated Sun and hopefully some new stuff coming out in the near future. So that is the main thing that I hope for myself for the future if I can figure out how to get to the next level financially so I can pull away from uh, all this work and do something else <laughs> yeah yeah find a bit more of a balance yeah i i really hope you do find some time to create some more music i know you were working on a band called simulated sun that was pre-pandemic i'm not sure if you're still doing anything with that we've got plans for it or are you trying planning to move on to something else yeah i mean that's my project i just I, it's that's the thing i call the music i write so yeah i put out a little ep pre-pandemic um and was planning on you know continuing that push uh now that the pandemic, you know, is kind of over, but um, life is too hectic, right? That that EP was prior to the birth of both of my kids, and and now, you know, we got a, a, a you know, got a house and the mortgage and everything, and uh, two kids to pay for it. So it's tough, but I uh, converted my garage into a music studio and everything. So it's like, you know, I'm investing in, in my musical future, so it, it has to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You've got big plans. I like it. Yes. What about, do you have any daily rituals you swear by, anything you like to do as much as possible or at least once a day? To... I don't think so. No, I don't. <laughs> Sorry, that's a very boring answer. That's cool. Keeping it random. I, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I should stretch and I need to have coffee and I need to, I should probably meditate and I should probably go for a walk. And then all of a sudden it's like midday and I'm like, I should really do something productive that's not just like for my own helpful some of those rituals can be a bit distracting no i'm here at the computer by 7 seven thirty. yeah <laughs> i just come straight straight to the office i've got a few listener questions for you if you're ready sure but before that every week here on traveling science we donate to a charity of the guest choosing and this week professor dave has chosen to donate to the united nations relief works agency or the unrwa which supports Palestine refugees who are without food and without homes because of the terrible situation in Gaza right now. So a donation to the UNRWA has been made on behalf of Dave Farina. And if you'd like to make a donation to them as well, you certainly can. Or if you'd like to support this show and the charities that we donate to every single week, you can certainly do that too. Both of the links are in the show notes just below. But now, back to the podcast. So Kev would like to know, what's the weirdest myth that you've debunked? over the last few years i mean i did that one i did that series on water and there was all the like structured water and water memory stuff that's pretty weird structured water or hexagonal water is this idea that a certain configuration of water can be better for the body by enhancing nutritional absorption and enhancing cellular communication this is used to sell so-called structured water at a higher price but it's a scam and if you want to learn more about this scam or if you'd simply enjoy laughing at how ridiculous the concept is check out professor dave's videos on structured water 
All the quantum mysticism stuff. I mean, electric universe stuff is really nutty. That stuff is weird. Electric universe theory is the idea that gravity doesn't actually exist and that everything can be explained by electricity and magnetism instead. It names Einstein as a false prophet and Nikola Tesla as the true hero of science, which sounds a bit cultish, but they also struggle to back up any of their electric universe claims with any scientific explanations. Again, if you want to learn more on this topic, check out Professor Dave's videos on Electric Universe. Yeah, yeah, I've done a few of those again just because I made one and then people started attacking me, so I had to like, you know, <laughs> dunk on them back. Yeah, so I did a few of those. Yeah, I should make separate playlists. I made a playlist for James Tour and a playlist for Flat Earth, but I should maybe make some for like, yeah, Electric Universe and all the other. You've got one playlist called Debunking Myth. Yeah, debunks debates discussions and it's there's like 60 something in there because there's a lot of there i put like you know discussions and stuff in there too and yeah but uh yeah it's a lot <laughs> bambi wanted to know if you had any big plans for the future i think you already touched on this yeah i'd like to be as much of a public figure as possible uh standing up for science i mean it's like i get very frustrated that more professionals don't get involved i think that they feel that they're above uh, like like right now on Twitter, um, there's this whole thing going on because RFK went on Joe Rogan. RFK refers to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he's a strong anti-vaxxer who still thinks that vaccines cause autism, even though one person said that one time decades ago and was proven severely wrong since then. Also, pretty much everyone in the world has received multiple vaccines in the last couple of years, and we're all doing fine. Anyway, RFK and Joe Rogan said some pretty stupid stuff, and vaccine researcher Dr. Peter Hotez criticized them for spreading misinformation. And, well, I'll let Dave finish the story. And then this other, this uh, scientist that was uh, had a big part in developing the COVID vaccines, uh, you know, is calling him out as a fraud. And, and RFK is like, we should debate on Joe Rogan's show. And the whole scientific community is like, no, don't do it. Like, don't platform this jerk like don't dignify him with as putting you on the same level or something like that and so it's like i get both sides like they're not wrong that's a, that is a correct attitude to have but also why don't we all dunk on these clowns and humiliate them and so that's where somebody like me comes in is i don't like risk the reputation of any institution or anything like that. Like, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I don't work for a university or anything like that. Uh, I'm just a science communicator. I'm, I'm an attack dog for the scientific community. I'm an ambassador for the scientific community. I get to be the one that gets my hands dirty. Um, and so I'll do it. So I tweeted like crazy. I'll debate RFK all over Twitter. And, you know, and, and nobody, you know, those, those threads are covered with thousands of replies. So nobody is going to notice or care. But um, yeah, that's where I want my, my uh, career to go. Hopefully in some time, like three, four five years from now, I would be the one that they're like, all right, well, that scientist won't debate RFK. Let's get Dave Farina to do it. And, and, and I would. You know, and I can be aggressive. I can be, uh, you know, someone that calls out frauds for what they are without seeming, oh, he's being unprofessional. I mean, call it whatever you want, you know, but uh, I'll I'll tell the truth here. Yeah, that's that's just you. I love that attack dog for the scientific community. That's yeah. Darwin had Huxley and uh, we need one now. So I'll be that. This might shock you. But back in the 1800s, when Charles Darwin put forward his theory of evolution, 
a lot of people didn't believe him. They were all like, oh, that contradicts the Bible, so it's wrong. And then they would use arsenic as skin lotion and electrotherapy to treat any and all mental health problems. Luckily, Charles Darwin had a good friend, Thomas Henry Huxley, who was just obsessed with Darwin's ideas and would promote them to the world. This culminated in 1860 when Huxley debated Samuel Wilberforce about the theory of evolution at the Oxford Museum, where Huxley stated that he would rather be descended from the apes than from a person like Wilberforce. And although the debate had no official winner, this went down in history as a big win for Darwinians and the theory of evolution, thanks largely to Thomas Huxley. Oh, fantastic. Um, and Jess Y wanted to know, why did you cut your hair? You had such beautiful long hair. <laughs> so, uh, as it turns out, having long hair is really fun when you're in a touring rock band. When you're playing drums in a touring rock band, it's really fun to go on stage all, all the time and, and uh, <clears throat> have your hair flying around while you're playing drums. It looks cool, and it's fun. And then the band didn't really work out. Yes, no, you, you're rocking it. The thing <laughs> is, your hair has a much better consistency than mine. Uh, mine is like halfway between yours and like fro hair. So it's like it's like really thick and matty. And uh, it's just like it's just a lot to deal with all the time. And I got tired of it. And so, yeah, in 2018, I cut it. And some people are just so like I still get comments to this day. They're like, oh, no, you cut your hair I'm like, dude, five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring it up again. <laughs> Talking about your hair, <laughs> um, I made a YouTube video mm, three, four years ago now called Long Hair Hacks for Men, the most random video I've made, and it's probably in my top five or top six videos. It's just so, it's just so bizarre. That <laughs> it's kind of like how you, you might have made one off-topic video once about Flat Earth or something random, and it just blew up, and you're like, maybe there's something here, but... Yeah, well, because you have content that the general public might be interested in, and then you have content that only students who are studying that subject are interested in, right? Nobody is going to watch linear algebra tutorials except people who are in linear algebra, right? There's no, there's no general appeal you know, there, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I see some of your videos about uh, expert crazy mathematical numbers and how this mathematical formula works. I'm like, oh, I, I don't do math so much anymore. So if you're not in that class, why would, you know, I mean, it's almost nobody would ever be watching, you know, calculus content or linear algebra content or differential equations content unless you need it for school. But that's a, that's a good market too, right? P students who need your content, right? That's what got my channel off the ground is students that need my content. It's totally different from making music. Nobody needs your music. They, you either coerce that you either get them to watch it or you look at it or you don't, but people need my tutorials. So that's why I got good viewership right away. Uh, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I prefer this length. The only way I would go long again is if I became immensely successful musically and I could have different phases where I go very unkempt and then maybe tighten it up again or whatever, you know. But for a normal person, normal civilian, this is much simpler for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I, it's, it's cool. And sometimes I joke about cutting it and everyone's like, no, don't do it. I don't do it. It's like, yeah, but when you're eating cereal in the morning and it's all up in your mouth, it's, it, can, it can get frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying. 
Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for answering those listener questions, Professor Dave. Sure. Um, and before we finish up, I've got a lightning round. A few quick questions if you're interested. You got it. Awesome. All right. Question number one. If you could go traveling tomorrow, where would you like to go? Let's see. Uh, I've, I've always wanted to go to Southeast Asia. Oh, it's awesome there. I've always wanted to go to the South Pacific. Yeah, those are two off the top of my head. Nice. Sounds fun. Uh, if you could debate anybody about science, who would you love to debate with next? Like anybody. Like any really prominent, influential fraud. You know, I mean, RFK, off, off the top of my head, you know, everybody's Twitter is a buzz. Like, who else? I'm trying to think of, like, you know, who other people that bother me are, like, Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro and, like, people like that. They're not always talking about science. Uh, obviously, a lot of times they're talking about politics, which I know dramatically less about. But there's just always this stink of demagoguery, and I just really want to... Just wipe that off their face, you know? I thought this word was in relation to the demigorgon from Stranger Things, but it's not. Turns out that demigoggery refers to political activities that seek support by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people, rather than by using a rational argument. So essentially, it's when people are telling lies in order to manipulate others to agree with and support them. Not cool. So, Jordan Peterson would be fun. I would like to do that. Yeah. I'd like to see that debate. <laughs> if you had never studied science, uh, what do you think you might have done with your life? If I had never studied science, I'd have nothing. Like, I, I, my entire 20s, I, I was just operating under the presumption that I would become successful musically. Uh, and if I had nothing, if I had no scientific education to fall back on and thus no science communication career to look forward to, I would have been trapped uh, and I would have... I mean, I just I would have figured out a way to make music s somewhat lucrative or to live off of it somehow. I don't know how I would have joined like multiple wedding bands and then I would have like tried to compose music, little jingles for commercials or I would have like done just drum lessons, piano lessons for rich kids or I just would have stayed in only music. I just, it just so happened to be that SciComm got going and I was like, oh, actually I could make a lot of money with this. And so I put music down for a while and now I'm so rusty with it. And uh, it's a shame. I don't even feel like an artist anymore. <laughs> but uh, ultimately that's what all this was for, to try to facilitate my artistic career. Oh boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, well, here we are, one of the, best science communicators around so what do you love about being a science communicator on youtube i i love entrepreneurship i love just like getting to be creative i love doing whatever i want and having nobody to answer to right i love like this is the content i want to make i'm making all of the decisions about how it is i get to do everything I, I, obviously the the flip side of that is that i have to do everything it's really difficult but also i get to do everything i get to decide everything and everything is exactly the way I want, uh, so I'm always representing myself exactly how I want. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I like that, and I really like – I mean, I, di I didn't even uh, cross my mind when I started the channel. I only once people started – 
emailing and saying or and commenting and saying thank you like this is how, you know, how I am learning this material people in third world you know not third world underdeveloped uh, nations that don't have access to educational resources thing saying this is the only way I can learn this material that's cool that's definitely a, a fun aspect of it too <laughs> so yeah what do you hate about being a science communicator on YouTube what's the worst part of the job uh, the worst part of the job is undoubtedly the constant barrage of trolls uh, and um, just uh, despicable behavior from people who I debunk or the followers of the people that I debunk and having to deal with that on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis on every platform. It's very irritating. I can imagine. I I guess you're not responding to every single comment or or you probably just have to ignore most of the comments. I mean, I'm way more active than most other <laughs> users. I have a bit of a reputation for that too. Uh when you come over and spew some some stuff, I I I'll get in it. I'll I'll force you to, you know, reckon with with what you're saying. But uh yeah, you can't get it all, obviously. Yeah. And uh, last question for the lightning round. What is your favorite topic to teach? Uh, well, I mean, the only, I mean, organic chemistry, uh, because I taught that for a very long time and got very good at it. Um, there's nothing else that I actually taught in the classroom. Uh, I mean, I've taught, uh, I've taught a handful of other things in the classroom, but organic chemistry is what I studied the most, what I taught the most, what I got the best at teaching. Uh, so certainly organic chemistry. Awesome. Well, Dave Farina, organic, organic chemist, uh, musician, debater extraordinaire and attack dog for the science community thank you so much for being on the podcast today it's been a pleasure speaking with you about all the incredible stuff that you do and just one more question to finish off if you had one bit of advice you'd like to share with everybody something that they could take home to improve their lives in some way uh, what would your one bit of advice be I don't know I mean everything good that has come to me has just been a result of tenacity and discipline and just doing it more than everybody else. I work harder than everybody I know or have ever known. Uh, I sit in this office and work 12, 14 hours a day every single day and just just keep doing it. Just whatever it is that you want to do. If you see a path to a thing that you want or something in your future that you want to manifest, just do it all the time, a lot, always, as hard as you can. And it if it doesn't happen, something close or comparable will happen that will set you up for the next. Good things happen when you work really, really hard, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So there you have it, Legends. That was Professor Dave Farina talking all about improving science literacy and stamping out myths and misinformation online. And honestly, Dave is a huge inspiration to myself and a lot of people in the world. This is a guy who educates millions of people on complicated topics for free. And when he's not creating informative and entertaining videos, he's actively seeking out and speaking out against anybody who is spouting lies and deceit to the world. And those people are trying to trick others into believing their stories and supporting them because they're greedy and they make money by doing that. Meanwhile, Professor Dave uses scientific evidence to prove them wrong, humiliate them, and to stamp out conspiracy theories in an effort to improve science literacy. Finally, Dave's advice at the end was, good things happen when you work really, really hard. And if there's something that you really want, you've got to work hard for it. You don't just cruise into a nice job, you've got to study to gain the knowledge and experience first. 
you don't just start a YouTube channel with two and a half million subscribers. You've got to work hard and create good videos for years to grow that kind of following. But when you put in that work, when you really give it your all, eventually you will reap the rewards. And the harder you work toward it, the better the final outcome will be. Because when you work really, really hard, good things happen. Anyway, that's all for today, Legends. Thank you so much for listening in. Make sure you check out The Travelling Scientist on YouTube to see some short, educational, fun videos. And follow Travelling Science on Instagram and TikTok to see our upcoming guests. Finally, if you stick around to the end, I always leave you with a little secret. And this week's secret is that last week I was walking through the market, small little market in my hometown, and I did a little spin. I don't know, I was just bored, so I did a little spin. And this lady ran up to me and she was like, oh my God, are you this famous dancer? And I definitely cannot dance. I was like, no, I'm not. But then she proceeded to pull out her phone and get up Instagram and show me these videos of this guy who kind of looks like me doing this like weird, sexy sort of dancing. It was really weird and kind of funny. So now I'm inspired to go and do some dancing classes. I don't know, should I? thinking about it. Anyway, I'll catch you next time, Sunday Legends. Cheers.